Hello everyone, welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda. And first of all, I want to wish you all a happy full moon. It was a beautiful full moon last night. And I love seeing all the pictures that people were posting of the blood moon, which was also a total lunar eclipse. It was the wolf moon, it was a super moon, and the moon was in the sign of Leo. So there is a lot of powerful energy around this moon. And if you want to learn more about the moon, uh, the new and full moon phases throughout the year, you can access my free download, which is called Creating with the Moon and Stars, by signing up for my newsletter. So if you haven't done that already, just hop over to my website, uchi.com, Y-E-W-C-H-I.com, and you can download that now and be informed about the energies of the upcoming moons throughout the year. So anyway, just want to thank everyone again for sharing pictures, and it was beautiful. I actually spent the entire day really bathing in music. I was listening to some of my favorite artists and just like dancing around and letting myself move into a particular feeling or mood in honor of the full moon. So, you know, we all have different rituals that we may like to do like salt baths and intention setting and clearing our space and all of these things. And while I usually do a lot of that as well, the allowing myself to just really connect to music was powerful. And I think I'm going to do that more often during the full moons. So anyway, just wanted to share that with you. And Today, we are going to have a very interesting episode. You know, a lot of people ask me about Reiki and shamanism. So it's really common that whichever modalities we all start with, whether it's Reiki, whether it's yoga, whether it's shamanism or something else, they often open us up to this curiosity to want to explore other techniques and to just go deeper in learning and knowing other ways to unlayer and start to, you know, I guess deepen that process of self-realization and self-healing. So I reached out to a woman that I know, and her name is Mara Clearspring, and she is a shamanic practitioner and teacher, as well as a Reiki master. And today we really explore what it even means to be a shamanic practitioner and how she personally blends the two techniques, how she works with the energies of Reiki and brings that in with her shamanic practice in her personal work. So I thought this would be really inspiring to so many of you because, again, it's a question that I am asked all the time. So I hope you enjoyed this. Um, she's also a Moon Ike mentor, and you will learn some more about what that is. But before we get into today's show, I just want to say thank you uh, to everyone who sends me messages. I actually have been getting some messages on Instagram. Um, some of you, after listening to the shows, you may uh, tag me in you know, these different posts about what came up for you after the shows or what may have inspired you during a particular episode. So I just want you to know I really appreciate that and I love seeing what comes up for all of you. And with that, I also want to acknowledge everyone who has rated the show on iTunes and left comments there. I appreciate that as well. And that really helps with the growth of the show. So thank you so much. And then finally, the Patreons. Thank you. I just launched a Patreon account about a week or two ago. And so I want to thank everyone who has signed up for that as well, because that also supports the podcast and the work that I am creating to share with the community. So if you want to join us there, go to patreon.com forward slash Reiki radio and you can join us 
For those of you who are Reiki Radio Insiders, we will start exploring intuitive mastery beginning this Tuesday. And if you decide to join the tier of the Alchemy Circle, we will have group discussions about the intuitive development over the next two months. So there is a lot going on, a lot to learn, a lot to share, and you can learn more about all of this on my website, of course. So let's get into this talk about shamanism and Reiki. And as always, feel free to reach out, share your thoughts, what comes up for you. And if you want to learn more about Mara, be sure to go to her website, which is maraclearspring.com. That's M-A-R-A clearspring.com. And you can also access the link to her site in the show description. All right, everyone, get comfortable and enjoy the show. Okay, so today on Reiki Radio, we have a very special guest. Her name is Mara Clearspring, and she is not only a Reiki teacher and practitioner, but also a shamanic practitioner and teacher. And Mara, before we begin, I have to tell you, I'm very excited to have you here because everyone always asks about these two modalities together. So welcome. Thank you. I'm excited. This will be fun. And it's hard to get me to stop talking. So interrupt (laughs) me anytime you want me to stop. Yeah, no, I, I really, I'm excited to hear all that you have to say. And so one of the first things, I mean, just to get it going, um, I would love if you could share with us how you even got into this work, all of it. All of it? Yeah, like where did you start? You know, um, I think anybody who's listening will feel like this is a familiar story where when you're a child and you see something glowing and nobody else can see the glow or you're you're awakened by a spirit Mm -hmm. rather than just, just your nightmares. Um, or like I would, I would make ritual happen in my backyard. I'd have fire ceremony in my bedroom. (laughs) I was always attracted to things that I didn't even know what I was doing. I was uh, maybe 11 years old and I checked out a yoga book from the library to try to teach myself yoga because where I was growing up, there was, there was no yoga. So I've always been attracted to things of the mystical realms my whole life. And I think everything I've done added up to, to me suddenly falling into classes where I was learning about shamanism from somebody who'd had a spontaneous um, occurrence of spirits talking to her as an adult. And uh, she ended up going, her name's Melissa Seaman, and she ended up going from uh, being a lawyer to being uh, a shaman. Oh, and I just, yeah, made a huge shift in her life. And I ended up in some of her classes. And, and that's where I learned about shamanism because until then I didn't know anything about it. It was Bugs Bunny doing the witch doctor dance on TV. <laughs> you know? So the shamanism sense. actually came before Reiki for you? Um, it was concurrent. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say, yeah, wait, no, I'd say first because um, I think I was in the shamanic classes about six months and before I took my, my Reiki one and two and I did Reiki one and two differently from the Isui method. Mm-hmm. I went to an intense weekend with Hari from the um, Padma Kahaya foundation for Reiki Tumo. You know, have you heard of Reiki Tumo? No. Oh, it's, it's a branch of Reiki that was begun in the Philippines by Ermansaya Effendi, and he had a spontaneous kundalini awakening, mm-hmm. and uh, he just, you know, went through all those yeah. symptoms that you've heard of before, and he's got this tremendous foundation now, and, and it, it, it has its own flavor, if you will, of Reiki, yeah. and so my, my one and two degrees are through that foundation. You know, I'm really glad that you point that out because um, a lot of talk comes up in the Reiki community about lineage. And I always tell people, I mean, like, you know, because I've studied various lineages myself. 
And yeah. I always tell people, you know, no matter your teachers, no matter what you learn, a lot of what you really learn will be through your personal practice and these things. And so a lot of us are familiar that there are various lineages within that. And also, of course, pointing out that energy healing has been done in various cultures prior to Reiki and all of these things. But is there also that same type of um, situation in the community of shamanism? Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you bet. <laughs> I try to steer clear of it as much as possible, just yeah. like with Reiki. It, with, with Reiki, I embody multiple lineages. So yeah. when somebody receive, receives the attunements, they're, they're getting a whole freaking fleet load of, um, of guides that are coming in to help them. Same thing in shamanism. It, this is why I use the term shamanic practitioner because I don't adhere to a single lineage. Okay. I embody several. So in the shamanic world, it kind of depends on what part of the, of the planet you come from and even whether you use the word shaman. For example, in North America, a lot of people call uh, medicine men shamans, but the, the preference among the, the people here, the first people is medicine man or medicine woman. So, I'm glad you made that distinction. It's yeah. Very interesting. So then with all of that, with all that you've embodied, a lot of people are curious because they may come into one before the other or maybe concurrently as you have. A big question is, is shamanism complementary to Reiki? And, and actually before talking to you today, I was thinking that very thing. Like if you are embodying your practice, how do you really separate the two if you are doing sessions or practicing or whatever you're doing? So what has that been for you? I think that each healer needs to take a look at themselves, what wants to come through them, and what kind of client they are attracting to them. Mm -hmm. So some people really want the purity of Reiki only, and they should have that. They absolutely should. And I will send them to somebody who will give them that because I can't keep the two separate for me. Right. When I, and, and most people who have been practicing Reiki on others for a long time will tell you they can't help it. They get information. Mm -hmm. They see images. They, they, they watch energy move and they want to share it with the client. Right. And, and in your purest form, you don't do that. You're just, here's the Reiki. I'm letting it go. It's flowing to you. It's not mine. You're healing. I'm just the instrument. I'm the hollow bone, right? Right. And that usually evolves into something else. Yes. So everybody needs to find their own way of, of, of embracing that. For me, shamanism and Reiki are like that. They, they work together so well. So if I'm doing a shamanic extraction for someone, I'm taking out energy that doesn't belong in them, that they swallowed or got put inside of them, when I take it out, I'm using some form of light energy to fill them up, oftentimes Reiki, mm -hmm. so that the wound, the, the psychic wound is packed with something that can help it heal, kind of call it like psychic neosporin, you know, that, that yeah. helps it heal. So I think the two work together really well. And each person, as a shamanic practitioner, I'd say, uh, take a journey to your guides and ask them to help you have good boundaries and, and good presence when you're mixing the two modalities. Beautiful. And listening to you say that too, another question came to mind. With um, shamanic practice, do you notice that a lot of people come, is it just a calling that people feel like, I want to have shamanic work done? Or is it usually something where they do feel off or they feel like, there's something else present within their field or is it all over the board? It's all over the place. Yeah. Again, that the practitioner gets to put out to the universe. I, I really want to work with somebody and my personal experience is, let's say like I have, I have a student who wants to be a practitioner and she has a lot of experience with women who've been abused. And so she's going to put it out to the universe. I am so available. I have such a compassion bank built for women who've been abused. And so, boom, those are the people that are going to come. And then her practice will end up focusing on that. Yeah. So each person's vibration is going to call in different people. 
I've noticed for me that there's these waves that happen, Yolanda, where I get a clump of, like, I, I feel really honored when I get to work with men mm-hmm. who have been in the military or in prison. Mm-hmm. And so they're coming into some sort of a, a soul healing regarding violence yes. and, um, and, and really strong, painful wounds that involve other people. So I'll have like a, a group like that come through. And then I'll have a whole other group of, of highly educated women come through who feel this, this need to embody shamanism and maybe make a switch in their career and become practitioners or, or build it as part of their practice. So it, it does turn out to, to be all over, all over the map and it can come in waves, depending, on, I, again, on the practitioner. Yeah, no, I love that you say, I literally, someone just called me with this question the other day, similar to what you're saying. And I was sharing with her in my practice. I I mean, I had no intention of, this was just to alleviate stress is how I found all of this. And then um, what I was telling her is I also went through these waves of, you know, I had a lot of experiences where I was seeing energies and entities coming out of people's spaces. And then I would go through another wave of a totally different experience. But what I realized is it kind of felt like I was being educated in a lot of ways. Exactly. I'm totally on that train with you. Your guides train you by bringing you certain types of people and and the needs are met. That person receives the medicine they need and you have just built another chapter in in, in your own personal book of experience that then you can bring on to the next person. Exactly. Or your next student if you become a teacher. Yes, absolutely. And so I also resonate so much with what you're saying, because in a lot of what you're sharing, I think it also highlights how important it is for us to allow this, our practices and whatever type of healing comes out of this to be very personal to us. Because I think a lot of people come into this realm and then put a lot of pressure on themselves to be like their teacher or to emulate someone else or to get it right. And so can you share a little bit about that? Like what your experience has been in your practice and as a teacher with that whole fascination of trying to be the perfect healer? That's like, can we spend an hour on that one? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's so beautiful. You asked that. I have, Uh, I just saw my healer today because, you know, as a healer, I believe that we need to have our own healers. Absolutely. That's so important. And, um, and, and he, he had just put out um, a video himself on his timeline about this, how we have to just be ourselves. Mm -hmm. So when we try to be someone else, the authenticity, you know, plummets. Right. We and we learn through emulation. Yes. So it's like we're trying on some clothes. You know, we're trying on um, uh, his way or her way of doing something. But our own way just needs to to erupt through. It needs to evolve out of that. Mm-hmm. I like to tell my students that I'm teaching them a framework. Mm-hmm. Please learn this framework so you have a safe and reliable and effective way to do this. Yes. And then please grow it. Please talk to your guides and have them train you and expand it out. If someone gets hung up on trying to be like me or like you, it's going to take them longer to get to where they get to be their own strongest, most authentic, yummy teacher, healer. I 1,000% agree. And it's it's so interesting. um, So a couple of things. One, it's the same. When people will come to me for Reiki classes or even sessions, whatever it may be, I always highlight that I'm giving you the foundational tools really, but you have to allow yourself to live into your practice and trust what comes up for you and how you're guided outside of class and these types of things. Um, and it's just reminding me, I have to point out, we are birthday sisters. We have the same. Yes, we are. Yeah. So everything you're saying, I'm like, Oh, of course, of course Um, we're, we came in on the same star beam. (laughs) So I want to point this out. Um, I mentioned to you that I really, I mean, I've for a very long time have wanted to reach out to you and you know, everything just lines up when it does. But I want to share with everyone, I met you several years ago and I came to you for the Mooney Key rights. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that stood out to you or stood out to me about you 
and why I'm very happy you're here is you really embody your work. And it struck me so much because it didn't, the best way I could describe it in that space with you, I didn't, I, 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 that's really the only way I can say it. You literally were the embodiment of these energies and you could feel it coming through you. And it was so genuine. Mm. And I, I mean, I just wow. I never forgot it. And I really thought, wow, she would be amazing to interview one day and come share with people. So speaking of that, I want to ask you if you can share with all of us for people who've never heard of Mooney Key, how does that fall into your practice and what is that even? Ah, no problem. I, I, um, uh, I, I'm finding my starting place right now. Okay. So the Mooney Key are the nine great rites of shamanic initiation that were brought to the West from the Incans, the Peruvian shamans, by Dr. Alberto Violdo, who you might have heard of before, a writer of Shaman Healer Sage, One Spirit Medicine, and all the books in between. And he has a school called the Healing the Light Body School. And my teacher, who gave me the Moon Aiki, studied directly with him and has gone down to Peru with him and other people. So the whole point of these rites is to accelerate your your healing your shift your change to clean out your chakras hello chakras hello reiki to clean out your chakras so so that you can can be more visible and seen by the luminous ones which are spirit guides who come in and help us with all this work so when we're when we're taking on the moon eye key we are 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 inviting those lineages to come in and work with us and we are taking responsibility for how we're participating literally in the whole human paradigm. Yeah. And one of the things I really loved about um, that day spent with you as well is, and I appreciate this when people do this, you also gave me tools to work with once I left. So it wasn't just like, hey, I did this thing to you now, the end you really took the time to make sure that I knew how to integrate this into my own practice and how I could work with these energies myself, which I think is a very important thing um, for healers and teachers. So I appreciate that and thank you. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's part of the training you receive when you receive the rights. Mm -hmm. So just like Reiki, if you, if you remember reading Diane Stein mm -hmm. and how she would have people line up, she'd do 45 people, she'd give them all a Reiki one attunement. Now, I don't know how much training they got, but at least they had the attunement. But we all know if we have an attunement and we're matching that with the appropriate training, it goes deeper, lasts longer. We're more inclined to continue the self-practice or right. whatever would be the best homework. And that's what I call it is homework. So, so the tools that you get with the Moon I Key are homework that keep you involved with the rites so they continue to expand within you and develop. And those bands of power become these really strong filters that help you keep energy from like sucking into you, but instead becoming useful energy using all the five elements, you know, things like that. Yes. So I have to ask you, um, your practice yourself, I mean, because you have studied many things, and again, you really do, I mean, just in meeting you, and if anyone is in San Diego and has an opportunity to work with you in person, I mean, you could just feel it. I mean, it, it radiates off of you. But how has this journey been for you? I mean, do you have recommendations, I would say, for people who are maybe new to their practice or feel stuck or maybe hit a plateau, what has really supported you in going so deep into your work? Going deep. Mm. That's it. Is, yeah. is if, if you hit a plateau, if you feel that stuck, well, let's, let's, you know, put it into like a real world term. I don't have enough clients this month. Well, one of my teacher's favorite phrases is really what's in the way. So I, I, I have a series of self-inquiry questions that I'll use. I will take a journey. In shamanism, we have this endless reservoir of information and support and healing that's available to us when we go into a shamanic journey and just openly ask the question, what's going to help me right now? 
and you may get really weird advice. Can I tell you a story, please? Okay. So um, I, I, this is several years ago. I'm on my shamanic path. I'm doing my daily diligence, which was at that time I did a journey every single day for self-healing. And I was in the middle of some serious personal misery. So I'm in my personal misery and I go and I take a journey. Help me. Why would you help me? I need to get better. I don't like this feeling and my heart's so miserable. And they're like, yeah, you need to get in your car and go to the bookstore. No, you don't understand. I want to heal it. Yeah. Get in your car. Go to the bookstore. There's something there for you. <sighs> Fine. So I get up and get in my car and I drive to Barnes and Noble and I walk in the door and I go to the very first table and smack dab in the middle of that table is the book ask and it is given which is the channeling of abraham hicks yes. and it's a fantastic book the first half of it tells the story of how esther became a channeler and the second half has like 21 different exercises that help you work with your emotions and breaking through i mean it's, it's a great book anybody who's in a healing field and it could be you know traditional western psychiatry or um uh, hoodoo. I mean, I don't care what, yeah. what fields you're in. Great book to read. And I wouldn't have known about it. I wouldn't have gone and picked it up. But my spiritual allies told me, go here, do this. That's there for you. And I was. So, so how, that's how you get through those blocks is you just mm -hmm. surrender. And you say, yeah. okay, I know something's in the way. Help me get out of my way. Point me in a direction. What do I need to do? I like that you point out, though, the, that element of resistance and thinking, because I think that happens a lot to us where we think what insight may come through, it's not enough. It couldn't possibly be. That can't be the answer, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. And my other favorite um, objection to um, success that mm -hmm. people have, because um, that's you know really what it is, is we're objecting to success. We're saying, no, no, I can't have that, is... Um, but I'm doing everything right. Yeah. I'm doing it all. It should work. I don't understand why it's not working. And it's like, just keep doing it or change it a little bit. Or, you know, faith, faith takes more than maybe a week or a month of doing this. Maybe faith in yourself is going to take longer. Or maybe you aren't having faith in yourself. You're having faith in the practice, but not yourself. You know, I could go on and on, but you know, you know what I'm saying? I do. Yeah, and, and it, we accidentally slip into a victim mode instead of, I, I saw somebody the other day call it a victor mode, you know, mm -hmm. like I'm winning, I'm, I'm, I'm a win, I am, I am here, I'm breathing, I'm winning. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, there's a couple of things that I want to ask you too because mm -hmm. um, you mentioned a shamanic journey and I know there are certain terms that we all hear commonly with shamanism right mm -hmm. so shamanic journey is one and then soul retrieval so i wanted mm. to make sure to ask you about the two could you explain what those are and then if you could also give us in your experience like what is the point in shamanism do you know what i mean like if someone was like well why would you even practice this thing okay i want to answer that question first because okay. it makes the other two make more sense okay it's shamanism I, and I'm going to put it in terms of me, so it's more personal sounding. I have worked and continue to work to build strong relationships with my spiritual allies so I can do work at the energy and soul level that trickles down to the physical level. So I'm helping to, to, to repair things at the less dense level, the level of light and soul, so that when we get down to the physical level, a person can stop doing drugs, start writing again, recover from uh, a childhood of abuse, um, attract in what uh, a mate into their life. I'm making a change at this level so, so we, can, we can bring it about here. I do that through shamanic journey, primarily. I do a lot of different ways of working with energy, but shamanic journey is the classic core shamanism method that Michael Harner who's the founder of the Foundation for Shamanic Studies and really the big pioneer of bringing shamanism to the West. And that's where a number of my classes have been through is the Foundation for Shamanic Studies. Highly recommend them. Um, he explains journey. Uh, there's several different ways people take journey. I'm sure you've heard of the ayahuasca. It's become quite popularized in the Western world to go take ayahuasca journeys. There's, there's a peyote there's, there's ways of taking a journey where you use uh, deprivation 
physical deprivation to drive yourself into an altered state. We're all seeking to get into the theta wave state. That's, that's the goal of these practices, whether you're starving yourself or um, taking uh, different types of hallucinogens, psychoactive drugs, or using sound. And that's, that's what we use with the Foundation for Shamanic Studies. We use sound, sonic-driven journey to literally change our brainwave state from, from our regular walking, was that beta waves? to right down into the theta waves. And, and that's that thin line of awareness between sleep and awake. And that's where dreams happen. And that's where we can access these alternate worlds, non-ordinary reality. I go there to meet you, to see your soul, to see your light being, and to begin the work of taking out energy that should not be inside of you and tracking with my guides where that energy is that soul energy that was lost, you know, when you're a child and got bullied or, um, or dad died or um, uh, you, you got lost in the mall and, and, and something bad happened to you or whatever. You know, I, I go back and I find that soul energy and I bring it back for you because when, that's what soul retrieval is. So I take the journey to go find soul parts or to heal past lives or cut energy cords all kinds of things. Beautiful. And there's something, I mean, there's so much of what you're saying. I was like, Ooh, ah, Oh, um, but one of the things I think is very interesting too. Um, it's interesting. You mentioned all the different ways we try to alter our state of consciousness to access different states of consciousness. And a lot of people assume I've done ayahuasca because of the work I've done. I do, but I, I I've never tried. And to be quite honest, I mean, part of it is I'm not drawn to it, but I always think with the experiences I've had just in meditation, I'm like, I don't know if that's for me. But that aside, with the drumming or the different sounds, that's always been very curious to me. Like, and I wonder through your experience with working with the sounds in this way, is it the rhythmic aspect? Is it the tone? Is it the combination? And do you use different instruments to go into different states like do do they create different pathways you know yolanda you didn't even know i do shamanic sound journey as a as a healing tool no <laughs> but I, I i play the gongs the didgeridoo oh. um, my drums rattles chimes bells bowls all all of these things uh they do impact you in different ways from a shamanic point of view we are looking at a drum beat of four to seven beats Per second to induce the um, comparative brainwave state of four to seven megahertz. Wow! So it, there's a scientific basis behind it. I even I had my drum here in case you wanted to hear it. Yes, no, I'd love to. <laughs> so so we'd be we'd be doing a beat like this because it's about four to seven beats per second. And you listen to that long enough, my, God, my, my clients don't even know that that's what's happening to them, but they slip into that state because they're laying down. Oh, I use crystals too. We didn't even talk about that. <laughs> There's another hour. But I, I, crystals are definitely you know, my gateway drug into shamanism, totally. But I, I'll put crystals around and on my clients. So they've got crystal family around them and I'm beating the drum and they don't even realize they're in the shamanic journey as well. Yeah. So yes, sound heals and sound also can carry us. We say, um, shaman, did you know the word shaman is Tuvan? It, it comes from Mongolia no. and it's not masculine or feminine. It's just shaman. And, 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 and the drum there, they say that the drum is the horse that they're riding for their client, for their, for their um, patient in order to go uh, ride into the alternate realities and, and bring yes. them healing. Wow. So, yeah. That's very cool. Problem. Well, now, yeah. I mean, and this is the thing. I'm like, goodness gracious. Yes, I could talk to you all day, obviously. But now because you mention it, and it's funny, I'm surrounded by crystals. It just struck me that you said um, the crystal family because a lot of people do question, have questions about crystals as well. And I will say, admittedly, when I first got into this and people kept telling me crystals, and I'm like, yeah, they're pretty, but what's the big deal? So I did go to a crystal shop, and I just kind of asked, like, well, just 
to see what I felt drawn to. And I would bring these crystals home, but I didn't necessarily use them. And one day I was cleaning my house and I started hearing this message and I knew it was coming from one of the crystals and I paused and I was like, wait, what? And so I literally held the crystal, got this whole you know, message of something and I went through and grabbed every crystal individually and it was like they all had this information and since then I've been fascinated by them. So I have to ask you since you're here, um, how do you use crystals in your practice and again, do you have any recommendations for people who are curious about working with crystals? Sure. And again, whole other hour, right? Right. So, so I want to, because this is Reiki radio, I do want to tie it back to Reiki. So anybody who is, who has people on a treatment table understands uh, there are ways you can help protect yourself and make things easier for your client. So putting stones like amethyst or obsidian under the table can help pull down that energy that they're releasing give it a place to go so it's not just like landing around your treatment room and leaving a mess for some shamanic practitioner to have to come in and clean up for you, right? Mm -hmm. so, so, so that's, that's one way that you can use crystals. You can, um, for me, what you did is a perfect example. You hear a crystal talking and you go and you ask it, oh, what are you trying to tell me? Why are you here? Did you want to help heal people? Uh, my mesa, oh, I don't know if I can do a good job of showing this. Mesas are medicine bundles that um, shamanic people will have that have healing tools in them. Most of my mesas, can you see it? It's crystals. Yeah. yeah. And all these have talked to me and told me various things that they do to help people. And I'll put them, you know, they can be connected to different chakras. They might have certain types of healers in them. I was working with someone today and she needed to have some of that grandmotherly um, uh, nurturing, reassuring, reasserting of the divine feminine uh, role inside of her because it had been, you know, um, um, damaged, we'll say. Mm -hmm. And I could hear this rock calling me saying, oh, I need to sit on her belly. This is a carnelian. It was given to me by a Pawnee medicine woman and it has quartz druzy on it, which makes it doubly strong and carnelian is good for life force energy and um, the lower chakras and I couldn't find her because my my because she'd fallen over and she was like this on the shelf so I didn't recognize her but once I got closer to the shelf because I could hear her and I couldn't see her then I could see her you know so so the, anyway I think I got lost off the point <laughs> Good. I mean, because but I was like, asking like tips for people who are curious about to work with them, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, okay. yeah, it made sense. Listen to them, uh, clear them regularly. Okay. So if you're using them with people, you need to clear them. And how do you clear them? 15 million ways. You're going to find out your way that works the best. But if you're a Reiki practitioner, you should know you could use Choku Ray to, to, to clear right. the puppy. Yeah. Right. So you, you do that. And also you can program your crystals too. So you can use your, your symbols and your awareness to, to put a program into the crystal to help people. So it's a great bridge um, between Reiki and shamanism again. Talk to the crystals, find out what they want, be sure you clear them, and um, uh, yeah, I think that, that would be a good start for anybody. Yeah. Just like you did, where you're just like, what one attracts me? Yes. Just find out about it. You know, yeah, it's, it it's interesting. I mean, listening to you speak and I am excited for the listeners who are local because they will have an opportunity to work with you in person. Hey, I, I work distance. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you that. So which services do you provide and do you do offer distant work, of course? Oh, yes, I do. I obviously I do soul retrieval and that happens in what I call first session. So that's a bit longer than a regular healing session. And that involves soul retrieval. And we didn't even talk about power animals because that's some of our most major allies in the spiritual world. But I connect you with power animals. Well, we have time after you share about your work. We do have some time. Oh, okay, oh, okay cool. Um, and then I also connect you with the star being. And there's a whole other cool story behind that. But it's kind of moon eye key related. Um, and that's an energy angel that helps you stay in integrity while you're developing your beyond the five senses gifts. 
And uh, so that's basically what happens in a soul retrieval. Plus if there's any other like past life work or work, soul contract work, other things that need to happen that can happen at that time. I don't want to do too much at once because that can be very disruptive. You can feel really tired and wiped out afterward. Then there's shamanic healing, which can cover any one or more of those subjects that I just talked about. Um, I do one of my favorite things to do is home clearings and blessings. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that can be done distance. I don't have to be there to have it done. Right. I've done it for offices as well and commercial buildings. I love doing that because it, it, I get a chance to connect the land energy to the building that's on it, which is like, it's the, it's like solar power from the earth. You know, it, yeah. it's really juicing up the place. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, I also teach. So yeah. I have classes that start next week for oh, beginning wow. and inter- Yeah. They start on the 23rd for beginning shamanism intermediates on the 24th and then I have an advanced group that begins the next week. So yeah. Yeah. So those are just about full, but they're still a little bit. And are those the six month programs? Cause I know you have some intense training. Okay. So, okay. So first of all, I just want to tell people now they can go to your website and get all of the detail of the work that you do. MaraClearspring.com. And of course in the show description, but it's M-A-R-A clearspring.com. Now with the training that you provide as well, um, I had a question with that. Is there any type of training that is offered remotely or is everything in person in San Diego? I do private one-on-one training with clients um, across the country, uh, Mexico, Canada. Um, And those, those are, those are, precious to me. I have looked at ways to do online shamanic training for a group. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's just a matter of time. I haven't had time to kind of figure that out and put it all together, but I know it's possible. I know, I think Dr. Violdo is doing it right now. Um, I, I also provide Moon Aiki local and distance in groups and in person. Uh, the, the, the nine rites I, I install in two different ceremonies. I can't remember if you had both, if you just did foundation rites or if you did Mar- Archangel rites as well. Yeah, no, I had both. Okay, yeah. So yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yes. But so those can be distant or local. Mm-hmm. And um, the blessings, the, the clearing and blessings can be distant and local as well. well cool. I, I just thought of something really cool that I do okay. that I love. I love it when I get to work with pregnant women because uh, we can talk to the baby. Yes. And we can, we can get them a power animal. And sometimes the baby even tells you the name that she or he wants. It's oh, really, that's very cool. It is. It yeah. is. It's blown me away anytime that that's happened. I can't say it always happens, but it, it can. Yeah. So, so there's some, there's special things like that, that I can't even begin to describe all of them that, that come up as, as um, opportunities for shamanic healing. Well, this like, is a great segue too, like, cause I want to make sure to ask you about the power animals because a lot of people actually yeah. have curiosity about this. My um, power animal, I actually met in a shamanic journey. So, yeah, and that was several years ago. So could you talk about that, what they are, and how you connect people with them or how they can connect with them? So when you, when you go online and, and, you, and you type in, you know, otter power animal or otter spirit animal, then you'll find several different pages and resources that tell you about what otter medicine is. I'm, using, I'm just picking otter out of the blue, a random shamanic example. So otter could come in as your totem or spirit animal who's with you for your whole life, or otter could come in as a power animal who's bringing you specific medicine you could use right now. You may or may not have an active relationship with otter, you know, a year or five years from now. Your power animal brings you the medicine that would be helpful to you, the support that you need so that you are, are not alone and it's connecting you to earth energy, earth archetypes that, that are, if you have, um, if you're shy, so, so maybe parrot comes in mm-hmm. to help you be able to come forward and be, be pretty and, and, and speak out, you know, not be quiet. Whoever heard of a quiet parrot? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or if you're wanting to build your sensuality, I mean, you might you might end up with like a lioness as as a power animal who comes in to help you get back in your body and enjoy being this powerful, sleek, live, 
feminine being, you know? Mm-hmm. So the power animals also help us when we're taking shamanic journey. They can be a guide that shows us what, where to go, gives us advice, teaches us the medicine that we're going to give to our client. Our power animals, we can embody them in the 3D world and dance with them and ask them to support us. You know, let's say you're walking into a really difficult situation. Like we just have the holidays. Mm -hmm. So let's say that you're home, you know, you flew home for the holidays and you get there. It's like, Oh my God, all that old energy and everybody's so stuck in their stuff and they don't see the new California me or, (laughs) you know, whatever, you know, there's stories. Um, And so you might have your, your, you might merge with your power animal to help borrow their strength so you can walk in there and not be judgy and have a more open heart and not worry about how they're going to try to hook you into old stories and old patterns, but instead take you back into um, you being in your genuine heart and you can just see what's good about these people that you grew up. There's got to be something. Your soul picked growing up with them. So there's got to be something, right? Yes. So there's two things that you just said, of course, that I have questions about. So I'm really glad that you mentioned um, sometimes they, you know, they may come in for a period of time because that's one of the things no one told me at the beginning of this. And so when I started to recognize certain um, guides and support and you call them spirit allies in my space, Mm-hmm. It was like, I thought I was building a relationship with them. And then when they felt like they weren't present, I was like, Oh no, what happened? And so over time, you know, I understand now sometimes they come forward depending on what's going on. But can you speak to that? Because I think a lot of people do have that feeling of like, Hey, where'd they go? Or are they supposed well, to be forever? You want to put attention on and build the relationship just like you would with a neighbor. You'd like to get to know better. Mm-hmm. or um, a new in-law in your family, you, you'd want to give them some attention. So that's why you would take a journey to spend time with your power animal, or you would put maybe put them on your screensaver for your computer or your phone. You might, um, like if someone was, was uh, let's say they got a rabbit, so maybe uh, maybe you'd have uh, like a rabbit fur at home now that's part of, of your altar that's honoring your spiritual allies and including rabbit. So you, you, you put focus on and you ask for interaction on a regular basis in order to keep that, that relationship alive in, in the uh, sorcery, which is dark shamanism tribes, you know, would be fighting. So the shaman of this tribe would literally try to steal the power animal of the shaman of the other tribe in order to disempower them. So they couldn't do their work. So, so you need to, you can lose your power animal. If you, if you let that relationship wither, they're like, eh, I'm out of here and they're gone. And then you've got to go get another power animal or try to woo that one back. That makes sense. Or, or you're done. You're, you've completed it. You know, parrot says, Hey, you have no problem talking. I'm going to go hang out with the flock. And you've got, you've got a bear coming in now because you need to learn about introspection. We're going to on that. No, it's, I love that because I think it also speaks to this whole like evolution of that. It's interesting because all of this work I think changes because I too, like I've studied various modalities and things, but Mm -hmm. it's like the practice of whatever you're practicing and including, you know, the spiritual teams that you may work with they do shift and change as you shift and change. And a lot of times, I mean, it's just like on every level, things just keep expanding and evolving. But one of the things you said about the um, going to fly to the family, it's funny because I literally just did that for Christmas. Yeah, fun. (laughs) (laughs) We love you, Yolanda's family. You're wonderful people. (laughs) Yeah, but I like what you (laughs) mentioned in that because I, I love, also highlighting for people the importance of knowing that we get to empower ourselves. And I think sometimes that gets lost in this work, or maybe sometimes people uh, can be susceptible to thinking they can only be helped by their healer and missing the component of how do I learn to empower myself? And so I wondered if we could speak to that a little bit. Yeah, it's so, it's so true. Our jobs are to help people be able to take care of themselves better. Right. Our jobs are to help hold a mirror and say, look what's great about you. And here's how you hold the mirror. 
so that, so that they can keep keep seeing that. I don't want to build a dependency on me. Right. I I want to build an an inter, an intimacy between my 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 student or my client and their higher power and their 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 spiritual allies and and, and my job is to teach them how to be able to have better communication with their own personal team. Right. Yeah. And that, that's, and, and go, like you were saying with the moon, I key or, or, or even if you have, if you have a, a soul retrieval with me, I always give you, there's a special breathing practice I give you. And there's a fire ceremony, which is the, the moon. I key I fire still have ceremony. my tin. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, it's great travel tin, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah and it fits anywhere. Um, you, you got, you got to do those practice. You got to do the work for yourself. If someone is coming to me and they want me to do everything for them, they will do what I call wash out. They'll, right. They will, they will figure out pretty quickly. That's not going to happen. And they'll move on to someone else that wants to have that kind of relationship with their client. Right. But that's, that's not what you're about. It's not what I'm about. You right. want people to, to let's all be bright, shiny lights. And, the, and, and there's a corollary to what you're talking about too. All us wonderful people that are, are deciding we're light workers. We're going to be doing this work we have to take care of ourselves. Yes. So if we model it, if we're doing it, we're going to attract in people who are, who want to take on that responsibility for themselves. Yeah. And right. I have to say, I, I do think that is, it is starting to shift and lean more towards that way. Whereas I think when I first started studying this, there was more of a, uh, idolizing teachers and things like that, putting people on pedestals where it does seem like there is a shift where people are now starting to be more curious about how can I do this for myself and how do I work on me? And yeah, so it seems like that shift is happening and it's an, and it's an yeah. exciting time. Yeah. We're moving out of hierarchy right into co-creation. Yes. And, and, and that's really it. I, I'm just, this is, I'm a channel. I'm a channel, but it's a big TV. <laughs> it's a lot of broadband. So, so we all channel something. Yes. Nothing's better than something else. It's more of let's add it together. Let's, let's, let's make a recipe and see what, what it tastes like kind of thing. Oh, so Aquarian and, of you. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but gosh, you know, it, it, if we build a hierarchy, then once again, we're making someone else responsible for, for us right? or our lives or some aspect of our lives, or we're making ourselves responsible for somebody else's experience of happiness. Oh, and, that's and, a huge one. Yes. I don't I, No, no, right. no. I mean, but, I can't, I can only breathe yeah. my body. Yes. I think that's such a good message that you point out because of, again, I think a lot of us, when we are doing this work and we see how much it's helping us, all we want to do is share. But there's a, you know, that fine line of when we feel responsible instead of like just I'm sharing and holding space, but I feel accountable or responsible for your healing. So it's good that you point that out. Well, we got to keep stepping back from that. I get hooked into it because I come from a codependency background. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alcoholic mother, alcoholic father, all kinds of other crap. I can't be an alcoholic I just don't have the liver for it, but I can be a really good codependent personality. <laughs> I can really master that. So, so we got to watch for that subtle, subtle flavor of it that pops into what we're doing so that we can, can keep it as clean as possible. And then there's just endless energy then. Like I have all of this energy. I have more energy now than I have in my entire life. And I turn 57 next Tuesday. So I know. Isn't that exciting? What, are we, what kind of cake are we going to have? I want chocolate. Honey, oh, listen, I will bring it to you. We'll cut it in half, split our cake. <laughs> right. That's fair. I can do that. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. That'd be really, really good. But that, yeah, uh-huh. no, I'm glad you point that out because I do. And it's one of those things too, I guess, you know, I know we have about 10 minutes left, but I want to point oh, okay. this out as well as, um, because a lot of us, again, we may have expectations of doing it right and all of these things. And thinking that spiritual means like perfect and pretty. And we do have these things, our, our challenges, our triggers, our shit (laughs) amplify and highlight for us as we do this work. And so I think it's a good thing to keep in mind that no, it's not always pretty. 
And like, yeah, you're learning about yourself. It just, it just, I think sometimes we could keep it that simple as like, hey, oh, I'm learning about myself. It I, makes me I think, heavy. I think a lot of people are triggered by their own shadow. And yeah. of course we are, you know, of course I am. I think we, we all are. I, I just, my trigger, the level at which I get triggered is just shifted so much now because yes. I've, I've been more willing to, to go into the shadow. I remember when I started um, classes, Yolanda, where I was surrounded by people that I had just stepped into it and they've been studying for a few years yeah. and they're talking about, Oh, I had this experience where they cleansed. They took all this black stuff out of my chakras. And I'm sitting there going, how much cleansing do you need? <laughs> oh my God. And now I, you know, I understand it much yes. better because yeah. we're constantly producing byproducts and yeah. those have got to be cleansed and that, that our shadow is constant. It's always there. Yes. So we, we get to be more and more attentive. The thing is, is, if we are attentive, it's like that fire ceremony I was talking about. And if people want the fire ceremony, just it's on my homepage. You just scroll down. It's a free fire ceremony. But um, <laughs> I was going to come up with some contrived way for them to get it. I'm like, wait, it's just right there. Go get it. But if you do the cleansing practice, like the fire ceremony on a regular basis, the, the power accumulates. It builds. Yeah. So what previously moved moved the the denser layers and maybe you felt it quite a bit because when the, the heavier something is that you move the more your muscles hurt afterward right um but later on when you're moving more subtle things then then it's a subtle shift but subtle shifts like make a profound change if you have a guitar that's subtly out of tune and then suddenly you put it in tune wow it's beautiful it's beautiful yeah so yeah, hearing you say that, it just reminds me again, too, of, like, the beauty in all of this, really. And, I, I mean, listen, I went through the part where I, I mean, literally, like, screaming and cursing the universe in my apartment back when the same of what you said, I went through the whole cycle of, I'm doing everything, what do you want from me? Like, had that, but it's interesting <laughs> how, like, as we move forward, and I tell people this all the time, and I don't know, maybe people, I mean, you start to believe it, but it does, it never ends, but you become more resilient. You become more understanding and it just is different. It's just, it just, you handle things differently and things move through you and you're in less resistance. So the whole thing just kind of matures with you. The process. When, thing, when things, I, w I was talking to a friend recently because I, I've just, you know, the, the more you commit to the path, the more things shift in your life and accelerate. And, mm -hmm. and part of acceleration is super uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. So um, I, I was going through this, this period of, you know, uh, uneasiness at, at, at a, I call it like a chakra sickness where mm -hmm. you're like nauseated in your, in your solar plexus. If you have nausea in your solar plexus, everybody just let me say, that's awesome. <laughs> That's odd. your ego is totally being shifted you're letting go of some old paradigms that have felt so safe and have just totally gone stale they need to go away so nausea in your solar plexus means you're ready to grow grow how your soul is going to experience the world so i think it's a cool thing yeah. and, and that's where i've gotten with shadow now it's like oh i'm really uneasy i feel like I'm, I'm going to do something wrong. I'm, I'm walking into walls because I'm not grounded. And then I remember, wait, that, that means something's moving and shifting inside of me. Something really exciting is coming up. Okay. I've learned to trust that so I can make it through those so far, you know, I don't want to say it's always going to be this way, but I can make it through those times much more easily. Now I have a more of a track record, a history of if I trust, I'm going to get through that that and then and then come back with brand new creativity new exciting direction new person in my life new modality something something new yeah. is well no i'm glad you said it because again it's funny like some of sometimes just hearing someone say it or put it into a language or describe it in a way it clicks for us and i think in having you describe it that way i mean i'm sure it will click for a lot of people and it's just our perspective i mean we can look at those moments as like oh god why or you know looking at it as like okay this is interesting something's happening it just it moves through us different and it's a different experience for us i mean you still might not feel great but you know so I'm, I, I'm gonna I'm take it over to the shamanic realms and i'll and i'll say that's part of shamanic initiation that's why shamanic initiation would 
one way of looking at shamanism, it's all about confronting death. Die, die, die. Die to yourself. Die to yesterday. Die to your, your, your family. Be a, be a whole new being. You know, die. Let go. Kill off the past. And so you will go through initiations where you feel like you're dying. Mm-hmm. You know, you're throwing up from ayahuasca. You feel like you're dying. You're meeting the, the spirit of the plant. And, and, and this, it's the death vine. It's, it's showing you your death. Um, you, you, you go to have a shamanic journey and you're dismembered, you know, an alligator comes in and eats you, you're, you're dying. And, and, and that can be really uncomfortable. But once you've let go of that old way of being and this new way comes in, it's awesome. So even when I'm in Yolanda, that place, I hate this, this is terrible. I hate it. I, I still go, thank you, but I really hate this. (laughs) Yeah. I hate crying. I hate snot in my head. I hate having to blow my nose and it's red for a day. I hate that. But then, you know. Well, it's so <laughs> interesting you say that too. And I, I mean, you just make my mind go boom, boom, boom. But I, when I first I started. little sparklers coming off. Yeah, no, really. When I first was having those experiences, I called yeah. it um, coming spiritually undone because it was, it was prior oh, to That's ever. a good way to put it. I like that. Well, I had never heard of dark night of the soul back then. So it was the only way I could describe it. I was like, I feel like I'm becoming spiritually undone. And I was telling friends that I felt like I was going through death cycles. And there was mm-hmm. a long period of where I kept referring to it as death cycles until maybe a few years until I finally was like, oh, but then there's rebirth. Cause it just felt like I was just dying and <laughs> dying and dying and dying. But yeah. And then now, you know, I'm like, okay, so there's, you know, this death and rebirth, but it took a while to feel the upside for me or to have that recognition of it. I agree. It took, it took years mm-hmm. of me just, just going, okay, I know this is working because other people have affirmed to me that it works. Right. I'm not feeling it because, you know, quite honestly, when we're talking about this damage that, that soul retrieval is working on or Reiki or whatever modality, we're talking about wounds that usually happen before we're even five years old. Yeah. And, and so what is the state of mind of a person in that age that now is everything? So if I'm in this now, and this is shadow work, if I'm in this now of extreme pain, that means that will be that way always. So we're learning to educate that part of ourselves that believes that, that that's not true. So that dark night of the soul eventually becomes just one night instead of one year. You know what I mean? Yes. Like what you traveled through, what ah. you just described. Yeah. Beautiful. But it takes a while. Yes. Aww. Yes. But you know, on the other side, I mean, and still, you know, I have like these mini death cycles now, but I, I'm mm-hmm. so thankful. I mean, cause you look back and think, I mean, I, I don't, I wouldn't have had the understanding I have now had I not gone through that experience. And I mean, you know, you just have an appreciation for it all as we go. But I, I mean, I really could talk to you endlessly, but I don't yes. want to take your entire night. So I want to, first of all, thank you so much for agreeing to come and share your work and your wisdom with us. Um, also, happy birthday, because happy birthday. when this airs, <laughs> it'll be our birthday Eve. Um, yeah also want to let everyone know as well when they do go to your site and sign up for your newsletter they get the shamanic weather report and that's like a really cool thing that you send out so can you just tell us really quickly what that is (laughs) okay so one of my gateways into shamanism was astrology and so as a kid i studied astrology and now, um, because shamanism works with archetypes, astrology works with archetypes, I have a new way of, of understanding it. So when I publish the shamanic weather, it's affirming what you just experienced, because I'll relate to what the astrology just was, and it's preparing you for what you may experience, because I'll tell you what's coming up, like this super Leo full moon, blood moon is eclipse that's coming up, um, that, you know, there's, there's, there's always something coming up. And if, and, and, and if you know about it, then maybe you can align your energy to take advantage of whatever it is that's, that's coming up. Right. Beautiful. And it's just fun. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I mean, I love reading them. And um, there's something about that that you just said. And I forgot, oh, the gateway, because you said a gateway into shamanism. It's really interesting how I think we do find ourselves in this, like each one, like Reiki was my gateway into being, you know, curious about everything. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, it's amazing how this happens. But thank you so much again. And could you just give us the best ways to contact you? Website, social media? Yes, if you go on Facebook, Mara Clearspring. Okay. And it's that's super easy. I also have a page called First Step Shamanic Training. So that's like my business page. Uh, my website is maraclearspring.com. And I am on Instagram, Mara Clear Spring, and uh, Twitter, same thing. Um, I don't do Snapchat. I just <laughs> <laughs> somebody do that for me, okay? I gotta get better at delegating. Um, and I have a phone number six one nine nine seven two two four six nine. So all these. Oh, an email Mara at maraclearspring.com. So I'm I'm pretty reachable. Um, but I may not get back to you right away. <laughs> Just kind of depends. <laughs> I do my very best though. Yeah. And sometimes when you call me, I actually answer the phone and, and I will do my best to do that. Beautiful. Well, I am going to, oh, of course. Oh, go ahead. One more thing. One more thing. One more thing. One more thing. Okay. So I also lead the shamanic goddess circle at the tree of life in ocean beach once a month. So I will be there the evening of February 8th and we'll be doing our Aphrodite love letters. So if you're working on your relationship with yourself and building love in your life and attracting love in your life, that is a good event to go to. And that's the Tree of Life in Ocean Beach on the 8th. And uh, I'll also, very rare, two, three times a year, I do a psychic fair and I'll be at the Tree of Life on Saturday, February 2nd for their um, winter psychic fair and I do oracle card readings and shamanic readings for people. Because okay. I have nothing else to do. <laughs> right. I just wow. love what I do. What can I say? Psychic Fair on February 2nd. You have the um, Aphrodite Love Letters on February 8th. And you also uh -huh. have shamanic trainings that will start the week that this podcast airs. So yeah, yeah. Anyone it's, listening, it's, go to her site right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, yeah, I have to update some of the events. Mm. But, but the, the, the point of it is, is, is there's synchronicity in the universe. Mm -hmm. So um, I, January and June is like that for me because all these things land and, and the cycle of classes begins again in January. And coincidentally, she usually has some kind of event at the tree of life in January. So there's always June and January are always really busy for me. And this is a new way for me to get to, to share, you know, and yeah. so how fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's, no, awesome. it's a lot of fun. And I'm so glad again that you came to share and, I mean, because there's so much to talk to you about, I mean, maybe one day you'll come back and share some more with us because I know we just barely scratched the surface. <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 we'll talk. We'll figure something out because this is really fun. And yeah. you and I, being birthday sisters, we, yeah. we know how to talk to each other. I hope everybody else enjoyed it. But, you know, yeah. you and me, we had a great time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you so much for being here, thank love. You. Thank you so much, Yolanda. Bye-bye.